0: In this passage of scripture, Peter writes to the church to encourage them. And their lives are a wee bit of a mess right now. Now, their lives are not a mess through any fault of their own. But their lives are a mess because they are being persecuted for their faith and their love of Jesus Christ. Their belief in the gospel, uh, the transforming power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, And they're facing persecution because of it. And this morning, I want us to consider the reality of three things. That we serve a powerful God. We serve a powerful God who makes beauty from ashes. That we are saved by a perfect saviour. And that actually we are a privileged people. This morning. Firstly, a powerful God. Peter opens this discourse after he says his greetings. He says in verse 3 to 5, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading kept in heaven for you who by god's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time blessed be the god and father of our lord jesus christ here peter is attributing the highest form of praise to god the father He is reinforcing to the people. He is reminding them and he is encouraging them in the fact that God is great. That God is worthy of glory, of power and of honour. That he is worthy of all of their praise. And in doing so as well, by attributing that he is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, he is reminding them that because they are found in Christ, that he too is their God that he too is their father, the all-powerful, all-knowing God is their God, is their father. And in turn reminds us this morning, because of the living nature of the word of God, that that same God is our God, that same God is our father, for whom nothing is too hard nor difficult. And it's he is a father who is full of mercy a father who is full of mercy and because of this mercy has caused the people and has caused us to be reborn he has caused us to be born again into a living hope our world needs hope just now maybe you need hope where you're at just now Maybe you're sitting and you're scratching your head and you have heard the news that we're in lockdown for another three weeks, that our lives will not be back to normal anytime soon. And maybe you're sitting there and you're scratching your head and you're saying, why? You just don't understand why. And it seems like hope is fading away. I want to remind you, church, as Peter reminded the church in asia minor that you have a living hope a hope that is amazing a hope that is sufficient a hope that meets every single one of your needs according to god's glorious riches in christ jesus a hope to whom you can turn A hope that is not a thing, but hope that is a person. And that person is Jesus Christ. Reborn into Jesus Christ, our living hope. Born again. The old is gone. The new has come. A glorious, living hope. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And this is a hope into an inheritance. An inheritance that is imperishable, an inheritance that is undefiled, an inheritance that is unfearing, an inheritance that despite the circumstances of life, despite the difficulties, the trials, the temptations that you face, an inheritance that is secure because of who God is, that's secure and kept in heaven for you. It's a salvation that if we hold true, if we hold on, if we stay the course, a salvation that is ready to be revealed to you in the last day. An inheritance into which you can walk. An inheritance in light of which you can live life and life abundant there is an incredible verse at the start of um, habakkuk in the old testament and habakkuk is pleading with god he's saying why is this stuff happening why is the stuff that we are experiencing in our world why is it happening and God turns to Habakkuk and he says, if I told there's no point me telling you, because if I told you, you wouldn't be able to grasp it. You wouldn't be able to understand it. You wouldn't be able to comprehend that which I am doing in your life. I want you to know, church, and I think it's very important that we realise today that we have a God who is for us, not against us. And whilst God did not cause this global pandemic, Whilst this is not a punishment um, on the world for their sin, whilst God did not cause this, God will use it for his glory. It says in Romans chapter 8 that he works all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. God is at work. God is using this pandemic, I believe, to draw people to himself. Last Sunday, I read a, I read a statistic this week. Last Sunday was obviously Easter Sunday. Um, and I said at the start of our video that I believe that um, the word of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ would meet, reach more people this Easter than it did last year. And statistics show that more people heard the gospel message this year than they ever have on Easter before. And that is a real cause for celebration. God is at work in the midst of of this uncertainty and this uncertain time. And he says to you this morning, he says to me this morning, he says to us as the church, as the body of Jesus Christ, he says, hold on, hold on. I know that the world is not what you wish it to be just now. I know that things aren't going perhaps the way that you want them to. Maybe you've lost your job this week. Maybe somebody you love is ill or sick. Maybe it just feels like your mental health is sliding down the drain as you sit in home in quarantine. Maybe you're lonely today. Maybe you're struggling with addiction that nobody knows about or a silent sin is going on and seems to be overtaking your life at this time. God says to you, hold on. He says, hold on to me. Do you remember those beautiful words of Jesus in the gospel where he says, come unto me, all you who are weak and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Our powerful God who, for whom nothing is too difficult and nothing is too hard. He says to you today, there is an inheritance stored in heaven for you. I am securing it, but you've got to hold on. And even if you're holding on by your fingernails, hold on to me. Hold on to me. Do you remember that song that we sang in church? No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand. Till he returns or calls me home. Here in the power of Christ I stand. Maybe it seems like you have no power at the moment. God says, I hold you in my hand. Hold on. Hold on. It's going to be all right. It's going to be okay. There is a glorious inheritance that is yours. I am your father. I care for you. I love you. But you've got to hold on. Turn your eyes, as the song says, upon Jesus. Look full on his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory. And grace. So this morning, church, we serve a powerful God who encourages us to hold on, who is full of mercy and love, who loves you and has stored up for you because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, has stored up for you a home in heaven, an inheritance that will be yours who encourages you despite the difficulties to hold on hold on we serve a powerful god and we are saved secondly by a perfect perfect savior jesus christ the son of god who laid down his life for us on Calvary's cross, and who last Sunday we celebrated his resurrection from the dead. It's important that you know a we on from Easter, church, that he is still risen, that the grave is still empty, and that he is the perfect saviour. He who started a good work within you, he will bring it to completion. He is the forerunner of our faith. He knows what it is to suffer pain. He knows what it is to suffer loss. He knows what it means to be tempted and tried in every way. Yet he was without sin. He suffered greatly and he rose victoriously from the grave. And despite the suffering that he endured, he experienced glory and was exalted. You see, we live in a reality church where Jesus Christ, our perfect saviour, left the glory of heaven to die a sinner's death on the cross. In other words, he left the place where he was revered, he left the place where he was glorified, where angels worshipped him day and night, and he came to a place where he was despised and rejected by men. And because of his great death and his subsequent resurrection for death could not hold him the scriptures tell us that no matter what we're going through no matter the difficulties that we face in this life we have a high priest who is able to sympathize with our weaknesses and with our sufferings for he too was tempted and tried in every way yet was without sin and maybe you're suffering just now Our world's suffering at the moment. Again, we may not be being persecuted here in the United Kingdom for our faith in Jesus Christ as the original readers. Of this letter were but we are suffering in our own way it seems like our rights have been taken from us and because of this global pandemic and in order to protect those that we know and love our neighbours our family our friends to protect our nation at this time because of this invisible enemy that we face we're being asked To stay at home. And as a result, we are suffering the loss of jobs, suffering the loss of comfort, loss suffering the loss of the ability to even the thing even do the things that we had previously taken for granted. We are suffering at the moment. We might not be suffering as people around the world are being persecuted, but we are suffering. And somebody once said to me, whenever I was ill a few years ago, somebody once said to me, when I was complaining about my pain and then realised that this individual had MS and that his pain was much greater than mine, he said to me, no. He says, don't compare the suffering that you are experiencing to what other people are feeling. Because you're the one going through what you're going through. And church, it's important that you recognize and you realize that we have, a, we have and serve a God who weeps with us, who cares for us, a God to whom we can take the littlest of things. I've told the church in McGen before of a youth leader's wife who, when we were at a prayer meeting, told us I was about 13 or 14. At the time. And this uh, youth leader's wife told us that if it's big enough for you to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. And if it's big enough for you to pray about, it's big enough for God to worry about. And God doesn't necessarily worry, but He does care. It's big enough for God to care about. But here, Peter does not downplay the role of suffering. He says, In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, May be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Here, the Apostle Peter he does not downplay the suffering that the people are experiencing, but he says that amidst the suffering, even though you suffer, you can still rejoice, and you can rejoice in the fact of who God is. Have you ever met somebody who moans all the time? Do you enjoy spending time with that person? Are you that person? The scriptures make it clear to us here, it's okay to acknowledge that you're suffering. But instead of dwelling on the fact that you are suffering, use it as an opportunity to rejoice in who your Father is, and who your God is, In the reality of all that God, through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, has done for you. John Calvin um, wrote these words hundreds of years ago, but they seem so, so appropriate today. Talking about the reality that suffering and rejoicing can and should coexist, he wrote... The faithful know by experience how these things can exist together. Hence, they experience sorrows from evils. But it is so mitigated by faith that they cease not at the same time to rejoice. Here he's saying our rejoicing in who Jesus Christ is should overshadow the suffering that we experience that whilst that suffering is so real whilst that suffering may be so painful we have a hope in whom and in which we can rejoice amidst the trials the temptations the sufferings and the persecutions that we face and we can do so because we have a perfect savior who brings us personal relationship with himself Because of his death, because of his resurrection, we are brought in to the family of God when we accept that free gift of salvation and we are given access. We are given access to the God who loves us. Again, that hymn is just running through my mind and he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own. We have a personal relationship as the people of God with our Savior. I want to ask you, as you face the difficulties that you face at this time, as you go through the suffering, are you rejoicing in your relationship with Jesus? And are you availing of the access that you have to him? I know there's times where I haven't. And I know that there's times where I have. And you need to know, from my personal experience, and as I'm sure is the experience of many whom you know and many who are watching this, that when you avail of that personal relationship with Jesus, it doesn't make things easy, but it makes it easier. It doesn't cause the suffering to cease, but it allows you to rejoice amidst the suffering because you have a direct line to your Creator, to your Maker, who... Walks and talks and calls you his own who sticks closer than a brother who is for you not against you and we have that perfect saviour who brings personal relationship and also that perfect saviour who brings salvation as the outcome of our faith there is coming a day church when we will stand before him face to face, face to face with Christ, my Saviour, face to face, what will it be? We have this blessed hope because of God the Father's sacrifice of Jesus Christ, this perfect Saviour who prepares for us a table in the presence of our enemies, who walks with us, talks with us, but who also gives us the reality of salvation as the outcome of our faith. So no matter what you're going through, remember that we serve a powerful God, that we are saved by a personal saviour. And because of all of these things, we are a privileged, privileged people. in this time of testing, in this time of suffering, the genuineness of our faith is being proved. And here the Apostle Peter uses a metaphor, an analogy uh, that was common to his day as the refining of gold in the fire. In verse 7 he says, So that the tested genuineness of your faith more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of jesus christ have you ever wondered or even thought about the reality that perhaps this whole situation could be used to test the genuineness of your faith that whilst god did not send this virus to the earth God could use it God could use it in your life God could use it in my life to test the genuineness and prove the genuineness of our faith we are a privileged privileged people we live in the reality of a risen saviour We live in the reality that Jesus Christ, the same Spirit of Christ who predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories that he would um, face afterwards, that same Spirit which raised Jesus Christ from the dead, that same Spirit is the same Spirit sanctifying us through and through into the likeness of Christ. And that same Spirit works in us personally, if we allow him to do so. At the end of this passage, Peter talks about the prophets of old. He talks about angels and how angels long to look um, here. And he, he just, he, he says to a people who are at risk, of losing their lives let's bear in mind we're being asked to stay at home he says to a people who are at risk of losing their lives for the sake of the gospel he's reinforcing to them time and time again you're a privileged people the prophets of old longed to see these days even angels even angels long to see they long to stoop closer and have a closer look at what has transpired through Christ and what is transpiring in the lives of suffering Christians. The angels and the prophets of old, they long to be in your shoes. They long to be and live in your reality. And that might seem like something very strange for us today as we sit at home as we long for life to return to normal. But perhaps today we would see ourselves as a privileged people, a people who are shielded under the shadow of the Most High, a people who, as the people of God, have someone who cares for us, who loves us, the all-powerful God, the perfect Saviour, who laid down his life so that we could be free, so that we could have relationship with him. And although we may suffer at the moment, although we may go through difficulties, we are a privileged people because of all that Christ has done for us. The Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 4 and verses 16 to 18 says this: "So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light, momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. And as we look not to the things that are seen, but to things that are unseen for the things that are seen are transient but the things that are unseen are eternal as we suffer as we go through the trials and temptations of life we do so in the knowledge that if we stay the course if we hold fast and we hold tightly to the God from whom no one can pluck us from his hand. If we hold tightly to him and we keep the faith, he prepares for us a glorious inheritance in glory. And in comparison, everything that we go go through and endure, although it may seem so hard and so difficult, and although it probably is hard and difficult, whatever you're going through just now, whatever I'm going through, whatever we as the church are going through just now, it's worth it. So let's hold fast. Let's hold true. Let's, God, let's let God be God. And let us be the holy people that he has caused us to be in light of the powerful God that we serve the perfect saviour who saved us and let us live in the reality that despite our circumstances we are a privileged people who ought to rejoice in the realities of christ our king be blessed today have a good rest of the sunday and we'll see you tonight at six forty-five.